0: The second you can afford it, you need to hire someone to do all the things that you suck at.
1: Jenna Owens is a former celebrity radio show host and the founder and CEO of Fittish, a CBD wellness and skincare brand. Jenna's idea for Fittish started in a locker room after a workout. She wanted to freshen up before going out to meet girlfriends for drinks, but also wanted to use natural plant-based products. Tune in to hear how Jenna launched and scaled her CBD-based brand. Coming up, how to identify gaps in the marketplace when launching a business. Why knowing your ideal client avatar is an important key to success. Jenna shares how she finds inspiration to keep going. You'll learn tips to find your first hire, and finally, how to finance your business. This is the Entrepreneista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Jenna, I am so thrilled to sit down and chat with you and hear all about your entrepreneurial journey and story. And I have to tell our listeners how we connected because I believe we like slid into each other's DMs. That's how we initially connected a couple months ago.
0: I followed you, yeah. <laughs>
1: And realize, oh my gosh, we had to make this happen when I heard your story at Backgrounds and how you've launched this incredible business. I knew that our listeners would just love to hear it and hear all of your learning lessons. So Jenna, I would love to hear, did you always know that you wanted to start your own business one day? What was your trajectory to, to this now business?
0: Emphatically, no. And I think it's so important to tell people this part of my story because, you know, growing up, I was on a completely different trajectory. And I think that it's so important to note that to people because you can pivot, you can turn, you can find new passions. We change as we grow. And I will say I was always a creative at heart, but I was on the fast track to some sort of journalism, right? That is what I was doing. You know, I was good at English and I liked to write and I, well, sort of, you know. But uh, yeah, I ended up hosting a radio show for about 13 years, honestly, before I even got into this, Phase of my life. And, you know, it's funny because at a certain juncture after college, my dad referred to me as rudderless. And at the time, I'm like, well, that's kind of unfair. I don't know what I want to do with my life, you know, and I'm trying to figure out what I don't want to do. Right. And sometimes I think that people that are born kind of knowing what they want to do, you're very lucky in a way, because every hurdle, you're like, yeah, it's just a hurdle. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a lawyer. I want to do this with my life. But I think there's a lot of us out there that don't always know. And sometimes you could be almost 40 years old and still not know exactly what you're doing with your life. And that's totally okay. There's still time for you and still a place for you.
1: Absolutely. I actually have some questions about your radio hosting career. How did that happen? Like, how did that become your path?
0: So, I majored in journalism in college, right? I grew up in Ohio, went to school in ohio, and i it kind of dawned on me post college well, this is a challenging uh degree to work with, right So I started sending audition tapes to do local news reporting, and I had long hair as I do now, kind of part of my identity right and uh, well, any woman knows your hair is you know becomes your identity at some point and They all told me I had to cut all my hair off, and I just didn't like it. You know, I didn't like being told that. I'm a very stubborn woman, and I was like, "Well, this is ridiculous. My hair is, you know, it's it's kind it's part of me, but it doesn't matter if that my hair is long. Well, it's distracting for the viewer." And I said, "Well, then I'm going to go somewhere where people don't know what I look like." So, I started thinking maybe radio was the right path because it's my voice. They're not going to judge me based on appearance. You have to be good, right? Because it doesn't matter what you look like either way. And so, yes. So I just started out doing some production at a radio station. I got a job for a woman that was on maternity leave taking over. It was temporary. I auditioned for a morning show. They were like, you have no experience on a national radio morning show. So we'll give you segments. It was very female based kind of trending current events, things I was interested in. And that's really where it started. You know, I think I was about 25 years old, 24 years old at the time. And then it turned into a career I never could have anticipated. I became a full time cast member. Um, you know, there were four or five of us on the on the show, right? Just all sorts of different personalities, and then that became a career for me for 13 years.
1: Did you love it?
0: Yes and no. I mean, yes, of course, from an outsider perspective, I think hosting a show like that sounds thrilling. And there's a lot of elements of it that are, I mean, you're you're given these great opportunities. I love whether it's the kind of the philanthropic angle, right? I mean, you get a chance to be a part of this community and help out a lot of people because people are reaching out to you with their stories and you actually get to communicate with people that you're, Helping And that's wonderful to be able to kind of spread awareness of things that are important. And alternatively, the perks, interviewing celebrities and going to movie premieres and um, the fun part of the, the creative side of the job. Right. And the freedom to say what you want, for the most part, on the air is very nice. Now, 3 a.m. wake up calls. Mm. Not so much, you know.
1: How many years did you have to do that for? I did
0: 13 before I ended up leaving. Yeah, 13. So it takes a toll on you. You know, at some juncture, the host who was a superstar, the host of our show, died unexpectedly. And that was a real kind of life changing, I think, event for me because him and I were very close. And that was the first time I'd lost someone very close to me. And then so it's tied into, you know, kind of your personal life and your career what's going to happen, you know? And I started looking at other jobs, thinking the radio show was going to, you know, go away. And there was some weird... Accelerated interest in the show. I think it was kind of one of those hometown shows. You know, I, it's based out of Dallas, Texas, but we were on in almost 90 markets at the time. And so, I think, as I'm sure you know, depending on where you grew up, if you grew up listening to morning drive radio, you felt that you knew these people. And so, a lot of people tuned back in and uh, liked the show. I think liked all the personalities. So, the show continued. It's actually still going, somewhat successfully, as far as as far as I know now. Yes. Yeah, so, we kept doing it for a while, and I. I stayed until I got this itch to not wake up that early and start my own business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, tell me that story. What happened? What was the inspiration behind it?
0: It's hard to come out and say this in a way because I never wanted it to look like I was ungrateful for that opportunity on the radio, but I became really unhappy at some point. I became unfulfilled, I should say. I felt that I... Didn't have an opportunity to grow or maybe the creative control that I wanted. And when you're doing kind of celebrity gossip and things of that nature every day and you're waking up really early to do it, you know, you make a lot of sacrifices in your personal life because there's a lot out there on display. You have to talk about your life. My dating life was shit. (laughs) I was almost 35 years old, 33 years old, I think at the time. And, you know, I wasn't in a hurry to settle down, but I mean, it was just kind of rough. You know, I was going to bed at 7 PM and it was just a cycle, right? So anyway, I became quite unfulfilled with it. And I thought, you know, I've built such a great audience and I'm promoting other products and, only things I genuinely like and want to advertise. And I was, I had other passions, right? Like we all do. I wanted maybe a little side business to make a little extra income. I thought, oh, this could be fun. I could, I'm good on social. I'm good at creating. And I thought about doing something kind of in the fitness space. Not that I love to work out, but I always referred to myself as Fittish. Now the name of the brand that we're going to speak about. But That was just a word that long ago, before everything became an ish, I had been kind of referencing on the radio. That was part of my personality. I wanted to be like attainable. I wanted to come across as relatable, right? I didn't want to be something that I wasn't, right? So that was kind of my character on the radio. It was always very much kind of embarrassing stories and self-deprecating humor and really talking about the realities of like dating and navigating work and friendships and things like that. So yeah, Fittish was part of this personality because I would always joke and say, I'm not that fit. You know, I'm not going to put on this persona of like, I love to work out and I love to eat healthy. No, 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 this is the real side of it, right? So this business, I thought people were like, well, I want to do 20-minute workouts. So this is how this business started. I don't know if you know this. It started with me selling workout programs that I partnered up with a trainer who I worked with in town to do these 15, 20-minute workouts, mainly because that was very cost-effective, right? I didn't really have much money. And I thought, well, if I sell something digitally, like an online program, I could put a little bit of cash behind it that I had, but it's not going out there trying to start this whole product line or all these, you know, colors and all this merchandise. And so that's where it started. And at that time, I didn't even know that I was going to get into this kind of athletic CBD beauty. I just wanted to see if people would buy something that I was selling. And what happened? people bought it. I mean, people bought it. And I wouldn't say that it was some overnight success, right? But it was genuine. The lesson was like, you know, this was something that I was genuinely doing. I was working out for 20 minutes at a time, a few days a week. I was honest about it. This is the kind of routine. This is what I'm doing. So, you know, we did this little program of a dozen or so workout videos, sold them very cheaply. I knew my audience. I knew the women that followed me and listened to me. They didn't have like a ton of disposable income. I knew that data from being on the radio show. So I knew who my follower was. I knew who the listener was and I wanted to market to them, right. To the everyday woman, working woman, and they bought it and it gave me the confidence to go, well, what do I really want to do? Because working out is not my passion. It's part of this, but there's something here. You know, I knew there was something there that I needed to marinate on. I was like, there's an idea in this fitness space, you know, women are buying cute workout clothes. We're wearing workout clothes all day long. They wear makeup to work out and we're trying to go grab drinks after and freshen up in the bathroom. So I started just kind of doing my market research in town, you know, going to different gyms and kind of seeing the dynamic of, you know, women and their behavior. And I always tell women when they're like, I want to do something, but I don't know. I say, pay attention. It's, you know, sometimes it's just, finding something that you need, you know, that doesn't exist, right? Because it feels that the market's very crowded in a lot of industries, but I just started really paying attention. So it, you know, it probably was about at least a year and a half from that point that I just marinated on what is the product? You know, what is the idea? Is it makeup? I love skincare, skincare. There's a lot of skincare brands, right? What makes it different, right? Well, why, when we're in the bathroom working out, are there no At the time for me, there were no beauty products, right? I mean, men were showering, but a lot of us women, I don't know if this is, this is again being very honest. I wasn't showering after I did a boot camp class because I had things to do. I'd shower at home, I wasn't showering there. And a lot of women are in the bathroom, like, you know, deodorant, touching up. I'm going to go grab a drink or I have a work event or I have something, right? We're like, we'll shower later. And so I thought there needs to be more products in here to kind of help women like me, these sorts of women that are, you know, navigating this busy work, mom, whatever lifestyle it is uh, with products that accessorize that kind of behavior. And uh, that that was kind of the initial the initial idea um, of doing some skincare that was active leaning.
1: What did you do next? Did you have a mentor or certain, you know, connections or resources that you went to to figure out how to develop product?
0: Not at all at first, but you know, The internet's an amazing thing. The internet's an amazing resource, isn't it? Because you start poking around and you go, wow, I live in Dallas. You know, I'm not from here, but I started recognizing that a lot of these, yeah, I'm like Googling skincare labs. I had no idea, right? I mean, what I know now, it's astounding, right? I feel like I've learned more starting a business and running a business than I did in all of high school and college. Oh, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Running a business business is getting an MBA for sure.
0: (laughs) It is. But yeah, there was a lot of Google there. There was a lot of, I definitely had mentors in my life. Now in this industry, absolutely not, but I'm not one to call in favors, but that was a time that I thought, okay, You know, people have asked me for favors in the past or to use my social platforms to promote things. Now I'm going to ask people what they know. And a lot of people don't want to help you, you know, and that's what the shame is, I think. And you find that with a lot, at least I found that with a lot of women kind of within my own industry, you know, they look at you as competition or they don't want to help. And I've never been that type of woman. I'm like, there's room for all of us, right? We can have the same business. And so I just, yeah, so I dug. Honestly, I just dug. I ask a lot of questions to a lot of people and I, found a lab. Actually, I found someone that knew Mary Kay, you know, Mary Kay, the cosmetics company. I mean, this is a like billion dollar business, which is amazing because I don't even know if women are still driving these pink catalogs around or what, but it's based here. It's based here. There's a lot of beauty based here in North Texas, which is just, I think a little bit of luck for me. Right. I, uh, so I found someone that was pretty high up at Mary Kay and I got an opportunity to go pitch this kind of fitness beauty idea, you know, and, I had never pitched an idea before. I didn't have any kind of pitch deck. I just had this idea and I'm somewhat charismatic, you know, but I, I mean, in hindsight, uh, how embarrassing, you know, but I went in there and the guy was super nice. I mean, to be quite honest, he's like the CEO of Mary Kay at this point. And he goes, Jenna, this is a great idea. He goes, we're not interested. I mean, we don't, you know, he said, we we wouldn't even produce Kylie Jenner's makeup line because we they have so much volume, which is crazy. They do very well internationally and, uh, you know, a different demographic. Women that like to wear a lot of makeup. And so he's like, you know, but this is great. He put me in touch with one woman who knew some of the labs. He said, just ask this woman some questions. And I swear from there, it was like dominoes. Like she just kind of opened doors at labs for me. I went and had meetings and, um, you know, that process is And I don't want it to sound too difficult for people. Once you find some labs, they'll entertain your idea. You know, I mean, it's really as simple as going in there with kind of a list of ingredients. You don't have to be a scientist. You know, they have scientists. You go in and you say, I want to make this product. And I think it's important to know You know, I had branding done, right? Like I knew the brand. I wanted it to fall under this kind of athletic skincare. But I went in with, you know, I brought in products that I used. I brought in products that I liked. I made a list of ingredients that I didn't like and some no's, you know, like no fragrance or no X, Y, and Z. And they'll formulate and kind of, you go back and forth on it. They'll formulate, you select packaging through different vendors. And yeah, it's quite the process. And of course I didn't have very much money to meet these minimums. You know, I took what I made from those workout videos. I'm like, okay, I have like, I think I had maybe like 10 or $15,000 at the time that I had made from those videos. And that was enough to get me like, gosh, I want to say 1500 was my first order bottles of product. And the product I ended up coming up with that's become this product that we're pretty known for was a CBD aloe cooling post-workout spray that just selfishly alleviated my redness. And I didn't realize at the time, you know, that it was going to help so many other skin conditions that I wasn't dealing with. So like I say, it's always like a lot of hard work and a little bit of luck sometimes, right? And they're taking the risk. But yeah, and then I just got really active in the creative side of it right? Because that's what I knew. That's what I loved running the rest of the business. It's a whole nother story, right? But being creative and promoting it on social media, that's what really got me going there initially.
1: Up next, Jenna shares her tips on how to market a CBD-based business. Jenna, thank you so much for sharing that backstory. And I think there's a lot of learning lessons that you just shared there in that story. And the first thing, I was almost going to stop you when you were sharing this about some of these women who didn't want to help you and didn't want to open up doors. And, you know, so much of what we've done and created with Entrepreneurista, and, you know, what's been so important to Courtney and I is how do we create this network and platform where everyone just wants to help each other because there is there's enough business out there for everyone like the goal is the more we can all help each other the bigger the businesses that we all can grow together we can all help each other like there's you see like there's so much business out there if we just help
0: there is especially if you you know you're you have your brand identity and you know what you're doing and you're a good person and you're not you know ripping off ideas of the person you know there's an etiquette here right but it was hard and i just think that the reality of business you know and it's not a complaint i think we're all faced with it every day right there's just a lot of no's i mean honestly stuff like today i i still get so many no's from retailers and you know there's still days that I just kind of go home like, shit, what am I going to do next? You know, like, how am I going to keep growing this business? Because you always think, oh my God, I can't wait till I sell. Oh my God, sell out of these bottles, you know, and then you sell out and then it's like, what's next? Or I want this. It's always a what's next mentality. I know we have that, right? And even today, as I sit here and speak with you, you know, I'm in a stage of the business that I'm trying to figure out some international distribution and, there's a lot of roadblocks. It's taken me years, especially because we are a CBD business. You know, there's a lot of no's. I mean, I met with a retailer yesterday that's like a big, big retailer that's like, no, no. (laughs) Well, the brand looks beautiful, but like we're not, we're not doing CBD, you know? And that's just, that's the path that I chose and that's where I'm at right now. And it's really hard. There's a lot of sleepless nights, not 3 a.m. wake up (laughs) call necessarily, but it's a different kind of sleep deprivation as an entrepreneur. I was going to
1: say, you went from uh, one type of sleep deprivation to another, a recording I was just having with another entrepreneurista yesterday. We were talking about getting no's and just being an entrepreneurista, being an entrepreneur. Like the resilience, resilience you have to have, and like what makes an entrepreneur. It's someone who, when you hear a no, like you can just keep going, but you can learn from those no's. So it's like, okay, you're getting a no. Like, how can we ask? Okay, why? And find out more information to then hopefully get to that. Yes. Or what I love to do is it's no for you. That's totally fine. Who do you know that you could introduce me to and asking for it? Like in that moment, even with these retailers, we're just like learning as much as possible because I always believe a no is a not yet, or it's a potential open door for, you know, another opportunity.
0: Right. I guess you, you need to frame it that way because it can be very, dejecting to hear no. And especially, I guess it's the highs and the lows that are really hard to manage, you know? And I think a lot of women or just entrepreneurs in general, right? That's something that no one can really prepare you for like motherhood. (laughs) Like you can't prepare someone for it. The shock of what it entails and Yeah, there are definitely days that I tell myself still, I don't know if I'm cut out for this, but then you think about, you know, do you want that steady salary kind of paying job or do you want to have months where you're not paying yourself because you're paying employees and you're thinking about how you're going to make sales? Now, the highs are very high when you get exciting press or big things happen, or you have a good week or a good month of sales, but the lows are very, are very low. And then you just tell yourself, well, I guess we're all in this boat together, right? Anyone that's running a business can relate to this. And that's really helped me a lot. Honestly, listening to podcasts, like what you have, like this entrepreneurs, or just kind of business building podcasts in general. I found that what got me through this is a little bit of advice. was like reading about other people who were like wildly more successful than me or that I may ever be reading about their failures. Cause I mean, there are just some amazing stories out there from founders. I mean, whether it's, you know, Phil Knight who started Nike, when you really read that book and that shoe dog book, I highly recommend it. It is so fascinating how, they tried to sell shoes and how many times they had no money and how many years they spent trying to get it. And now, you know, we all know Nike what it is now, but there are so many stories like that, that I find really fascinating. And I feel that when you're trying to start a business that can really help you stomach a lot of that rejection and stomach a lot of the bad days or days where you don't have any money by hearing these stories from people that were even in a worse off position than you may be, it can kind of tide you over for a little bit, if that makes sense.
1: No, absolutely. I think having being able to hear these stories and having community and having other people that you can talk to and who know what you're going through, like entrepreneurship is really, really, really hard. And I always say like every day you can have this high, high, like one hour, and then we can get off this podcast and then something horrible happens that you have to go problem solve. And then an hour later you find out you have a new piece of press and then 10 minutes after that, there's a problem with someone's order. So it's like every single day, just having to be just even keel and like almost like not react Like, I feel like now, you know, 10 plus years into running businesses, the first couple of years, I feel like Courtney and I were so emotional about a lot of things. Like something would happen with an employee and like, I would cry, right? And now I'm like, okay, how do we problem solve this? On to the next thing. and just like trying to stay as even as possible because it can be, if you feel all of those really high highs and you feel all of those really low lows, it can like physically
0: be really hard. It's draining. It really can be. And you're absolutely right. And I still joke that I'm not a great business owner. I have great ideas and I think I have a nice vision. And again, the creative is my forte. But a few years ago, I listened to a bunch of founders doing a presentation. I went to a it was kind of like a founder made, you know, one of these, I think that's even where I don't know if we originally connected through that, but you know, one of these shows and I watched a panel and the, one of the guys that started RX bar, I ended up talking to him after, you know, they did wildly well with their company, but I said to him, what do you do in terms of like hiring and kind of managing your time? Cause I was really struggling at the time, you know, I was a one woman show for a couple of years in there. And even now, I think I only have Four full-time employees and probably six contract employees that are almost full-time contract out things. And he said to me, the second you can afford it, you need to hire someone to do all the things that you suck at. Um, and that just kind of stuck with me because of course, someone who sold a business for a lot of money, you're like, okay, I'm going to listen to what they say, but, but it's really true, you know, and I think for me, the most important role that I, I had to contract at part time at first, but you know, the most important position for me has been a CFO to help me with the management of the cash flow of the business and the forecasting, because I think I made it through a few economics classes in college, again, math. It's a no. It's a no from me. You know, I but yet it is one of the most fundamental aspects of your business. It's not fun, paying the bills and balancing the books and doing all of that. So the second that things got a little out of hand for me and I found myself spending the majority of my day trying to manage that, I took Money that, you know, I wasn't paying myself, obviously, at the time, I took a little bit of money and hired someone to help me do that, because that's what I sucked at the most. And yeah, and kind of went from there. And I say, even now, the person I have, like, I would not still be in business without someone really responsible helping me manage the cash flow of the business.
1: Such great insights and so great that you realize this and learn this fairly early on. You know, I'm very lucky that I have a business partner who is, that is her background and she is incredible in finance and operations. But when you're a solo founder, you know, Courtney and I divide and conquer, right? We have completely opposite skill sets, but there's also areas, obviously we've hired other people in our businesses because we also, as two people, you can't do everything. You have to grow and scale a business, but that you were able to realize early on, okay, here's an area where... I know I need to do it, but I'm not the best at it, but I'm going to know enough. But now I'm going to bring someone on who's going to actually help scale the finance portion of the business, which is Very important to the business, otherwise, you don't have one.
0: I mean, I had no idea how my bills were getting paid. I mean, I was writing checks, I wasn't keeping track of anything. I don't even know how I was managing it for, I mean, probably a year and a half or two. And then I just kind of handed everything over and it took them a while to catch up. But yeah, but you know, look, not everyone has the luxury of that out of the gate, right? But fortunately, when you first start a business, it's usually not there is usually not so much overhead and so much going on that it is too much to keep up with but i think that goes for anything i had a conversation with a girlfriend last night who owns this a very successful chain of pilates studios and she's really struggling kind of with her brand image and wanted some help she asked me who did my marketing and i joked i was like well it's me she's like are they a local agency i'm like no actually i do and it kind of dawned on me well i'm lucky because that is my skill set you know i create the content and do that but not everyone has that muscle you know, or they don't, they haven't flexed it or they don't feel confident in their ability to kind of market and strategize with that. And so I would say to her, you need to hire a young girl that's very savvy on social media that knows how to take pictures that can do it, you know, because there are a lot of young women out there that are very good at that sort of thing and, and are really Anxious and eager, you know, to get involved in helping with marketing and that sort of thing. So that was my advice to her. Like you need to hire someone. you know, you have three children, you're running the business, you're good at running the business, but you need to find someone to do what you suck at, right?
1: Absolutely. I always say you need to like know enough that you can oversee that person and know that they're not doing a terrible job, but you don't have to be the one to know everything and execute it. You just have to know know enough. Jenna, what has surprised you the most about? starting your own business?
0: Oh my gosh. I think the thing that keeps me going for sure on the days and the weeks and the months where nothing exciting happens, right? When sales are kind of slow or whatever's going on, then out of nowhere, I'll get this incredible testimonial, right? This business for me, I never had high hopes for, right? I just figured I'll see where it goes. I'll make a little bit of extra cash, you know, to save up to buy a house. That was kind of my goal at the time. I'll keep living off my radio salary for however long I need to. And then I would say it was not a long time in, right? Maybe three months into me releasing those products. I was out of town on a trip. I had actually been sold out of my first order of products. And I got some photos from a woman whose mom had been undergoing chemo and radiation for some pretty advanced breast cancer. Right. And I didn't really ever have anyone close to me that had gone through treatment for breast cancer. So, you know, I didn't really have an up close view of just how intense some of these radiation burns, I guess, could be on the skin. And so this woman's mother was, had this, this scabbing like all over her breast and her chest and her shoulder and about, you know, a week later, she sent me these progress photos with this story, right? So I'm, I think I mean, I was out of town <laughs> and I'm opening up reading this from this woman, this DM and this before and after photo, you know, maybe one week later, and then three weeks later, this whole scab, I mean, her skin was like black. We've shared this photo on the internet before with their permission was gone. And she said that that spray made her mom feel so much better. And I'm sitting here thinking, no, 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 no. I can't take credit for this. What's going on? You know, like I, this is a spray in a bottle, right? Like I'm no magician. I don't know what happened here, but apparently, you know, this anti-inflammatory kind of effects of CBD and the, the, you know, we use aloe in the product. So, you know, if you're, if you're still kind of unfamiliar with CBD and the basic way to break this down is, you know, you take something like aloe, right? Like this is a plant product that's very anti-inflammatory. I mean, CBD is this times a million, right? It's kind of reflecting our own endocannabinoid system. So it's going to find just as, you know, uh, kind of a pain relief medicine would, it's going to find the inflammation and help tone it down. And so, yeah, anyway, she had been using it and just said it gave her so much relief because of the hot flashes and everything she was experiencing. And, uh, Oh my gosh, I was just destroyed by that in a, in a great way. I was, I just went, this is it. I mean, I'm on to something here. Like this is it, no matter how hard this is, this is it. And it just felt that it gave my little side hustle, such a deeper sense of purpose. And that is still the thing that continues to keep me going because reviews like that continue to come in. And some of them are small, you know, some of them are curling iron burns or some of them are, you know, cystic acne or eczema or a little baby psoriasis or, you know, whatever it is, it can be this kind of small inflammation issue, but I still get those and that that's it for me. Right. I mean, I I went, I'm not in the business of just selling a skincare product. All of a sudden I'm in the business of like healing now, like legally, I can't say that because it's cannabis. Right. So I'm still really, Really tied up with what I'm able to advertise and I just hope I can get it into the hands of more people that it can be useful for them um because that's what feels like may ultimately be the success of this business right is people that need this product right and figuring that that part out so yeah that's what keeps me going now
1: I love hearing that and I can only imagine what it must have felt like when you heard that story. And just after all of this hard work, the, the nose, the sleepless nights, and just knowing the impact and, and the difference that you're making, it's, it's truly incredible, Jenna.
0: Yeah. And it was because, you know, there was an element for me, um, that it was really hard to leave a career, right? Cause at what point do you go, all right, I have a radio job and this is a great job and I'm going to leave and run this business. And what happens if a month I don't make any money? And, you know, my radio job was paying me like, pretty well at the time. And, you know, I'm 30, almost 35 years old going, yeah, like I need a, I need to make money. You know, I need a job. And I've always said to women, like we make time for things we want to do. Do not leave a job just because you hate it. If you want to start a business, use that job, you know, use all your extra hours. I don't care if it's an hour a day or whatever you have, you know, keep taking that paycheck till you're able to leave. I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, I just quit my job and started this. Absolutely not. I, 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 literally straddled both of those for over two years. I kept telling myself I'm on a two-year plan. And after year one, I'm like, I'm still on a two-year plan, right? So, cause I knew I wasn't ready yet, but when those started coming in and then we would post those and then we would sell more and people, and then we would have return customers. So I, then I knew it wasn't this kind of flash in the pan, buy it once to support. I knew people actually liked these products and they were going to keep buying them. Then I thought I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to make this jump at some point because it started to become too demanding. You know, I was flying to try to get into retailers and then taking red eyes and going straight to the radio show. My quality of life sucked. I you, don't had, know you had double I
1: sleepless it. nights. You couldn't.
0: <laughs> I don't know how I did it. Honestly, looking back, I, I don't know how I did it, but I knew it wasn't forever. And I had a dream and a passion. And I knew if I just do this a little more, one more trip, one more thing, you know, one more week of working on the radio and. Yeah. And so then I, yeah, I, I lined it up to where, I mean, I had to give a lot of notice to that radio show that I was going to leave. So they knew for a while before we announced it, you know, publicly. And, and I was scared too. How, what are people going to think, you know, are these customers still going to like me if I quit in their eyes, like quit a show that they listen to every day because of my little CBD skincare business, you know, and they did. And so many women were so happy for me and proud of me. And, it was a different kind of reception than I anticipated. So I'm really grateful for that.
1: How did you share that story? Were you, you know, transparent with your listeners of the show and your followers? Like, did you share, you know, you were thinking about leaving and doing
0: this, or you had to just rip the bandaid and tell them one day? I shared when it was my last few days. That's all they would allow me to do. You know, at the end of the day, There were a lot of reasons that led me to wanting to leave the show. And and a big one of them was I felt a real lack of support, unfortunately, with the business, you know, and that was hard for me. That makes me so sad. I'm not sure why that was. It's something I actually haven't like really shared or talked about much. I'm not sure why that was. I think that, you know, there's a lot of personalities there. I think that someone young starting a business that starts to do well, maybe there was resentment or I'm really not sure. I'm not sure. So I there was a point in time where I was not allowed to share anything about my business journey. And I felt that that was very unfair and unfortunate. You know, when there were men on the show that had businesses and bars, restaurants, things like that, that they were able to promote and that I wasn't allowed to promote mine. I didn't like that. And I would raise a little bit of hell over it in the background. Like I had some words, obviously, like this is not fair. You know, women should get to hear, you know, I tell... Every sort of detail of my personal life, you know, of my dating stories and a broken engagement and a, you know, whether it's heartbreak or going through IVF or all these things I'm doing, but I'm not allowed to share about the kind of trials and tribulations of building a business because it's giving it promotion. And that was it for me. That was it. I was like, that was, I mean, that was a big part of it, you know. And I think that that's what's hard. Sometimes you get forced into making a decision that I knew. For my own sake, you know, I was proud of what I was building. I wanted the freedom to share the story. I think whether I failed at it or or not, women need to know, they need to know the truth. They need to know what it's like to build a business. It was part of my identity too. I mean, how do you go talk on the radio every day when all I would do from, you know, noon until midnight every day was work on Fittish and work on this business I was building, And you want me to just talk about like my dating life? Like, no, this is me also. You know, I'm building, I'm trying to build a business. Uh, This could be very like inspirational to other women too. So yeah, that was part of it for me.
1: Well, good for you for following what you wanted to do and sharing your story. And that's why we have this platform to be able to connect women and share stories like this, because these stories need to be told. And people should not be telling people not to share what's really going on. And I understand, you know, they're running a business too, but if it doesn't feel right and if it's not right for you, you walk away and you prove them all wrong and you do great things. So good for you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Still working on it. I'm still working on it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Jenna, I would love to hear about the CBD business itself because actually some of our other members in our in the community have CBD businesses and what I've seen just with marketing like it's a lot harder to market a CBD product especially when like social platforms don't let you talk about you know you were you've mentioned before you know promising certain outcomes or even just using the word CBD what have been your learnings in terms of marketing the business based on you know constraints with marketing a CBD business
0: this could be a whole separate podcast in and of itself just to talk about it. Cause I have learned a lot, you know, I'm actually launching another cannabis based business that totally different than my brand that will still have, I'm sure some of the same hurdles. I'm a big believer in the cannabis business in general. I mean, in the plant itself, right? It is a business at the end of the day. So I guess takeaways, if you're interested in having a CBD business that are pretty critical from the jump, because I mean, we had issues where, I mean, this was a Memorial weekend sale and our payment processors all shut down. So, this was going to be a weekend when I finally had product in stock and we were going to have a sale. And I was so excited. And it's Friday at 4 p.m. And oh, never mind. Like PayPal's like, no, we don't do CBD, right? Because there was a lot of on and off with payment processors. So, you know, There are so many great options now. That's the thing. So payment processors, again, remember, you know, Finish is mainly a D2C brand. We have some retail distribution, but for the most part, you know, it is, you know, we use Shopify, we're online. Shopify is okay with CBD, but, you know, Square, who's their payment processor, is not. And so, so that's hard, obviously. And actually, I don't want to say Square is not. They say they are, but We haven't had any success with them. So um, yeah, medical claims are a whole nother thing, right? I mean, I could tell you every horror story we've been through, like we got shut down, we had, I mean, it's almost like the FDA coming in or the DEA, like taping off products, all because one of our labs didn't have the right Paperwork, and we weren't allowed to ship the products until they got it rectified. So there's a lot of paperwork that needs to be done. You know, I have to go get fingerprinted. I can't get away with anything anymore. No, I have to get fingerprinted every year for our consumable hemp license. And look, this was a learning curve. And if anyone listening wants a CBD business, I'm happy to kind of give you like a a cheat sheet on what I have learned. But at the end of the day, there's also no real finite answer to a lot of things. So even with the state now, yes, you cannot claim to heal, cure, treat, prevent any illness. You know, you kind of have to follow the guidelines of, the supplement industry, right, or other things like that, herbal medicines that are still somewhat unregulated, right? There's no FDA approval for a lot of these products. There's only one CBD medical grade product, I think, as of date, that's a seizure medication, Epidolex, that is FDA approved. Now, yes, I believe at some point the FDA will, they have to make some sort of assessment on this, right? And the bottom will probably fall out of this business and all the brands that are cheating or, you know, not including good quality CBD or whatever they're doing, you know, same with THC, same, same with all of these cannabinoids. But for us, what we've learned is when it comes to description of products to get clever with the language. Right. So it's weird because the state told me, Jenna, you can use the word pimple, but you can't use the word acne. And I'm like, what? Like What do you mean? Well, acne is medical and pimple is just like the description. I'm thinking they don't even know what they're talking about. Right. And that was the state representatives who kind of run this area. And I went, oh, okay. So it kind of dawned on me. Well, let's say things like, can I say like, chill out angry skin? So this is where my like writing history kind of came into play, which, you know, sucks in a sense for SEO. You know, if you're into SEO and kind of search engine optimization, right? Yeah. It's not ideal. Uh, cause you don't get to say things like, you know, decrease acne scars or things like that. But yeah, so we got clever with words. We, are unfortunately not allowed to approve all of our reviews that get posted on product pages. And I'd say that really hinders business because reviews and testimonials are what does it for us. And we can't, you know, the state, will. they're very detailed. They go through, they do their research before they give you licenses and um, or at any given time they can come suspend your sales if you are allowing people to post reviews claiming that you healed their skin and gave them confidence.
1: Wait a second. So if I go on your site and leave a review on your site saying all these great things, that's not allowed if it's making medical claims, even if it's from a customer?
0: Correct. Which you as i said like you got to be kidding me well this is someone else saying it but when you post when you allow by by being the moderator and owner of a website when you allow someone else to say something when you allow that to be posted that's like you posting it apparently same on social media so here's a solution this is what we do this is like a little secret and now i mean they may turn around in a month or tomorrow and be like, no, Jenna, you can't do that either. But you just have to be ready to pivot. So we post photos. Photos aren't claiming anything. They're just showing. We're not using words. We're not saying anything. Now, people will ask us, what product was that? And we'll tell them. But that's worked for us because what are they going to do about pictures? You know,
1: what do you say in the caption or this is just on the website?
0: Yeah, social media. You no, know, they'll check everything, by the way. You no, know, social media and on the website. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't tell you how many amazing reviews we have archived, hoping that one day, you know, we don't want to delete them forever, but they're archived, they're hidden from the site that are wonderful. Five-star reviews about healing certain issues that we can't share because, you know, now we're at a place that, you know, if we have, you have too much attention, they'll shut you down.
1: What? Wait, what if, let's say, I posted a review on my personal Instagram and tagged right. you? Fine. But you can't reshare it. Or can I you? Sh- so share, sure. You can share, I can it. share
0: it. Yeah, okay. yeah, I could share it. I mean, you know, so stories are great, right? Things that aren't permanent, things that are 24 hours. Email marketing is absolutely one of the best resources as a D2C brand you can have and in the CBD cannabis space in general. I think because, you know, you have people that have elected, you know, you can't SMS now. You know, we are we are technically deemed firearms and tobacco. And that's really difficult from an advertising perspective because, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're not firearms, (laughs) we're not firearms, but, you know, until the money's right, I think, you know, politically and with pharmaceuticals, you know, when you start messing with big companies like that, I mean, that's, that's the problem here, you know, that we're healing things that people pay a lot of money to buy medicine for. And I'm sure there are people way more informed on, you know, the political climate when it comes to cannabis than I am. But yeah, my brief kind of understanding and summary of this is that one day, right, if the money's right, I mean, you look at the states that have allowed, you know, cannabis in general, and they tax it, and they they do it the right way, it, there a lot of money can be made from it. And anyway, for me, I just hope, you know, my whole goal is just to get product into more people's hands. And yeah, our hands are tied in a lot of ways. I just think, gosh, think about If I had a regular non-CBD business, you know, I think that I'd probably would have had, you know, triple or quadruple the success that I've had thus far. But it remains that I really I'm a big believer in my products and it's just a hurdle, right? It's just a hurdle for now. I hope at the end of the day, you know, there's a greater reward. You know, more people will be able to get it at some point. What
1: does success look like to you?
0: It's funny now that I've become a mom, you know, I think for anyone that's a mother, I'm assuming you have a lot of listeners of the show that are moms, right. It's completely transformed my identity in a way that I never could have imagined. or unfortunately, no one can prepare you at all for motherhood. And I have a child who's about to turn a year old next month and which I can't believe how much time's gone. and i I truly only feel like recently I'm starting to get a grip on who I am now. And, you know, in terms of success, I think it's been selfishly a wonderful thing about having a child, right? Is that, gosh, does your perspective on everything change, you know? in good ways and bad ways. I mean, I'm filled with anxiety that I never used to have, like every moment of the day, right? I never used to be so anxious. And now I'm just constantly worried about someone else. And uh, and it does, it takes away, definitely, right? I feel that, you know, my work has suffered in the last year, I'm sure, just trying to balance, you know, being a mom and not. But I will say success for me now, I feel it, right? I've been working really hard on You can't set these goals for yourself of, I'm not going to be happy until my business sells or until I do this, right? Because if you're not enjoying these parts of the journey, then that's probably not going to be that great at the end of the day that perspective, you know, on, you know, sure, I, I would love to have multiple companies because I enjoy the creative part. I don't want to run the, these companies for 20 years. I don't think I have that in me, right? You start getting sued and all these, all these scary things start happening. But for me, success, I think looks like, you know, the freedom I would say the financial freedom for me, at least to do what I'm doing now, you know, continue to run a business that people enjoy, that I'm proud of, that I have some most creative control over and still be here right now. Like I can see him in the other room right now. And how lucky am I, you know, how lucky am I that I've gotten to a place that, I can work here and do this and still try and go mom in between. So currently, yeah, that's success for me is, you know, is this right now.
1: Coming up, Jenna shares her favorite marketing channel for her CBD brand. All right, Jenna, I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. So the first word or words that come to your mind, Are you ready? Okay. Oh, I know you're good at this. You, you were had a kind of career in radio. I bet you did this too. <laughs> the pressure. All right. Okay. Describe yourself in three words.
0: Three words. Okay. Generous, homebody, mom, I guess.
1: What is your favorite business tool or solution?
0: It changes every day, but I'm loving Canva.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, so the best. We love
0: Canva. I mean, I'm, I use Canva every day. Canva. I wish I hate when people give two answers to one answer, but I would say Canva and uh, and Klaviyo. We love our email marketing.
1: Yes. Very good tools.
0: Do you have a hidden talent? <laughs> I'm really good at soccer. I don't know if that's a hidden talent. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I didn't was... know that. So we'll take it. <laughs> I'd say really good. I used to be really good. Yeah. Like I can juggle a soccer ball still really well.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> All you right. I'll have to sh- share that on Instagram stories. I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> what is the craziest thing that's happened to you in business?
0: Good or bad? You know, well, a lot of crazy things happen just recently, just because it happened recently. You know, we've worked so hard to get our hands into the products of, you know, influencers and people like that. And uh, someone I didn't even follow recently, she has like 5 million followers on TikTok. She posts some random video about like this Product that she swears by. I don't know who she is. We never gave her anything. Her mom gave her this product, and it's all about our hair serum growing her hair back. And she almost sold us out a product, and she hasn't even responded to us. We said thank you and sent her something, but it was just a very like genuine, organic, kind of viral moment that you work endlessly to try and achieve right and i think that that's always just a lesson right that things like that are impossible sometimes to create and we don't have a big budget for influencer marketing and we don't pay people to post she would have cost a ton of money with 5 million followers and she randomly posts how much she loves our product um, along with dry salt, the deodorant like it was these two things like completely unrelated and it just did wonders for sales of that product so and that just happened last month so that was the freshest coolest thing so you know lately
1: that is really cool and that's exciting i feel like i love hearing these like viral tiktok stories when they really just help brands explode and we've now recently started to partner with tiktok at entrepreneurista to help our entrepreneuristas learn how to use the platform better because there is so much opportunity on tiktok it's like now
0: seize the moment we can't advertise cbd on tiktok because it's a Chinese-owned platform and they're very strict on it. And so, yeah, but here we go. You know, everyone wants this viral success. But again, I think this is just about hustling. You know, you just have to continue to get your product into the hands of people.
1: Absolutely. Final question for you, Jenna. What does being an entrepreneurista mean to you? Being an entrepreneurista
0: to me means the freedom to go about my day as I had always dreamed before. Right. I think about it every morning that I don't wake up at 3. AM to go to a radio show, which I'm proud of the past, but you know, that I wake up and can spend time now being a mom, trying to navigate balancing that go into the office, making my own hours, the freedom to navigate the challenges of life, you know, just having that little bit of freedom. I think that's what being an entrepreneur is to me is a, kind of what a lot of us have always wanted, right? Just the freedom to navigate your own life every day.
1: Absolutely. Well, I am so excited to continue to see all of the incredible things that you do. And hopefully we'll get to meet in person soon at our Entreprenista event. But until then, where can everyone find you, follow you for those that are interested in trying all of these amazing products that you've just told us about? Where can they go do that?
0: I would love that. Yeah. And if I can offer everyone a discount to Fittish.com, or as my mom still sometimes refers to it, Fetish. She asked how Fetish is going. So no, it's Fittish as in sort of fit. dot com. The Fittish on Instagram, on TikTok as well. I'm a Jenna Page, P-A-G-E, on social media. Um, so I'm always promoting on there. And uh, yeah, we can give everyone 20% off with Entrepreneista as the discount code at Fittish.com.
1: Amazing. Well, we will be linking out to all of your handles, website, discount code in the show notes below. So everyone go click those show notes and head on right over to Finish to check out these amazing products and buy them with the discount code because why not? Love a good discount. Right, Jenna?
0: <laughs> yeah, please support. We have a ton of products. Yeah. We have so much to choose from. So check something out. <laughs>
1: Well, I am. As soon as we get off, I'm going over to your site to check out everything as well. So thank you for creating this incredible business and brand. And we are so excited for you. Thank you for being here, Jenna. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com And connect with us on Instagram at Entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to Entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.